or something like AAA to make sure you have that. Because I remember once being on a road trip with my acapella group in college and we we ran out of gas on the road. Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Jean Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Gina and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. Okay, today we are joined with, by a very special guest, someone we know very well. It is Adam Seifer, co-founder, co-CEO and of, of Everplans and co-author of In Case You Get Hit By A Bus. Adam, you were the first guest on In Case You Get Hit By A Podcast. Welcome. Woo-hoo! No way. Yeah. First guest. So, first guest. Best now, guest. Now, we're not saying that we have motives for inviting people. But recently, my, my niece just finished her first year of college. Okay? It's over. The first, the first year is college. And I know that's a big moment, having a child go off to college. And we know that this is going to be happening to you soon. So, Adam, first... Let's start with a really easy question. Where does the time go? Where does it all go? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it just you wake up and your kids go into college and you're figuring out how you're going to fit a bunch of exercise equipment into their bedroom. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Well, we, so how does it feel? How are you doing? We're doing okay. Uh, you know, we got through a lot of the the hairy stuff with the application and the essay writing and the waiting to hear back and the tortured uh, deciding on which college to, to, to go to. But I think now we're dealing with the life stuff, right? Um, my, my boy's going away and we have to get him set up. But how, how, well, I, so I asked how you're feeling, but how is he feeling? Well, I think he's, you know, in that in-between place that people get when they're walking through a really big door, right? I think he's he's interested, he's excited, he's curious about like what is going to be happening. But I think there's a lot of uncertainty and fear around. I mean, we've all been through it, right? Like you, you don't know if this is going to be the right place for you. You don't know if, if college is even right for you. Uh, you don't know a lot of things and we're, we're very close. So it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Well, before we get into like some of the logistical stuff, I just, because I've been, I, I talk with Adam every single day for now for basically 12 years, but this past year I've been, I feel like I've had like a, a little bit of a, of a uh, front row seat to watching Adam's process with Milo of going through the college, the whole college thing. And what I don't understand, what I can't understand is because when my kids have to do this, I like, I don't even know what the world is going to look like, but the amount of stuff that you have had to do this year and even getting to this point has been insane. I don't even understand how anyone goes to college at this point, but would, can you just like talk a little bit about what it's been like? Because it seems like it's very different today than it was when we, when we went to college, not saying you're old. I'm just saying it was a different time. I think you are saying I'm old, I'm but it's okay because it's it's the truth. And <laughs> well, you're look, the one who was a kid going to college, so right. Look, when I when I was applying for college, 
you know, you had to write a letter to the college and request an application and they would send it to you and you would have to put it in a typewriter and you'd have to type everything out. And if you screwed it up, you had to write back to the college and ask for them to send you another copy of the application, right? Like it, it was, it was a lot of this manual nonsense work, but it was fairly straightforward. And I think now with technology, there are certain things that are much easier. You're not typing and you don't have a little jar of whiteout to fix mistakes, but there's a lot of different platforms that you end up having to be involved with. Your a lot of schools are working with something like Naviance, which keeps track of all the schools you're thinking about and gives you access to information about each of those schools and lets you indicate where you are in the process for each of those schools so that the guidance counselor can kind of keep track of which kids are, are where they need to be and which kids are not, which is very cool, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work, a lot of overhead. And then most schools now accept applications on what's called the common app and that's online. And so you can go in there and, you know, check off which schools you want to apply to. It shows you what their requirements are. It gives you places to put um, all of the information about your hobbies, your, your, you know, extracurriculars, your, your, um, your scores and, and such in there. But but then each school has its own weird thing that they want. And so you have to go to each school's website and create an account there. And sometimes there's supplemental essays. Sometimes they're asking for supplemental materials. And so I think even for the most organized of high school seniors, it's a lot of different things to pay attention to. And then you're on the, um, the FAFSA website, the, the Federal um, Student Aid website. And that is super crazy because now you've got, you know, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids that are responsible for making sure that their parents track down old tax returns, bank records, information about investments. Um, and 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 if, if you miss something, you can get caught in a loop. And so there, there's really a lot of stuff to pay attention to. And then everybody's got a different due date. Um, there's different, there's different ways of getting different types of test scores into the different platforms. Um, it's, it's a lot. And it's very easy to miss something because one of the crazy things that happens is when you get on some of these platforms, your kid's name and email address and home address gets sold to every college in the country. And so all of a sudden their inbox, their email inbox gets filled with sometimes like a few hundred emails a day from different colleges. And it's really easy to miss the one email that came in from one school that says, Oh, by the way, we don't accept the transcript in the format that you sent it you have to come to our website and enter your grades manually by hand. And so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of pressure to make sure that nothing slips through the cracks. The good news is, is once you get to college, you don't have to go to class. <laughs> yeah. After all this, after all this, he better. <laughs> Adam, I thought that because I was thinking doing it the old way was really difficult. And then I thought, well, now with all these modern tools, 
it would be simple. And it sounds like it's worse than just filling out paper essays, sending them in, and then hearing back from your school. It was a pretty, it was like a two-step process. You fill out the form, you send it to the school, you maybe get some reference letters or whatever they require. And you could do five, six, seven schools. It cost like 150. I remember that was the thing. It was like 150 per school. Or it was more expensive, you know, at that time. It felt that way. But it seems like this, you're jumping from site to site and place to place. So is it difficult to apply to more schools? Would this like narrow your focus on schools? Or can you say, I'm going wide? I think I think it does give you the opportunity to go wider easier because using the common app, I think you probably have like 75 or 85% of the core stuff that every school needs already in there. And with the press of a button, you can just apply to another school. I think what's interesting is there are some schools that require extra supplemental stuff and some schools that don't. And so I think that's part of the calculus. If you can actually afford the application fee for a whole bunch of schools, you might as well just check the box for 10 extra schools that that don't have extra requirements because it doesn't take you any more time to do it. And so I think for some kids, it really opens the doors to where they could apply um, because it does make certain parts of it easier. It's fundamentally different from when we were applying to schools. It does not happen that way. There's there because of things like the internet, there are more kids from more out of the way places that are applying to the top competitive schools than there were when, when we were growing up. And so, yeah. And, and during the pandemic, things got extra nutty. So tests were optional this year, like uh, SAT, ACT test scores were optional. All the kids everywhere had the same grades during the pandemic, either because they got pity grades from their schools or they were just all cheating on Zoom. And there were no extracurriculars for the last two years. So there was no way to judge any of the kids. And so because everybody knew that, all the kids that usually apply to like schools like 200 through 2000 applied to the top 200 schools. And so it was, it was a big crapshoot this year. And Milo had a number of friends who, you know, applied to 10 plus schools and got in nowhere, which never used to happen when we were growing up. If you were doing the process over again, would you recommend, you know, doing it differently or did you guys just do it the way it has to be done? Like what should, what should we take away from this as far as like the best way to go about this process? I mean, I think anybody that goes through any process where you end up doing a lot of stuff at the last minute and it's really stressful and hard would take away, we should start earlier. And so, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to say that to somebody who's never suffered through that before. They're going to start when they start. But there's a lot of last minute tears around, you know, finishing the essay about realizing that some of the schools you're applying to have all these supplemental requirements that you're not ready for. And so I think we would start earlier. I also think that, you know, one of the interesting things about being able to digitally apply to a whole bunch of schools means that it's really expensive and time consuming to potentially visit them all. Is there any kind of legwork that you could do ahead of time in terms of all the forms that you had to fill out or paperwork that you had to get together that could have made your life easier? 
Yeah, I think definitely for the FAFSA, um, which ends up being sort of a parent burden um, more than a kid burden. For most people, they are filling out the FAFSA. And so so it probably makes sense like pretty early in the game to take a look at what the, uh, the, the application requirements are and start getting that paperwork together because... Because sometimes some of it is virtually impossible to track down at, at the drop of a hat. And if you wait until late in the process, um, it can be, it can be extremely stressful. Anybody could go find out what they're going to have to gather together at any point. And so it's a good one to, to really get started ahead of time on. A lot of schools have scholarship opportunities. Um, and not just schools, but there are like local organizations like the Elks Club, for instance, that have scholarship opportunities. Um, if you wait on, if you sleep on those, you definitely are going to miss the, miss the boat because there's a lot of legwork and meetings that might need to be set up or interviews or, or other things like that that you might have to do to, to work your way through the scholarship process. And so if, if it's something that you're into, um, you really have to dig in on it. Abby mentioned something that I want to return to that her parents were like, no, you're leaving home and going to school, <laughs> which is usually the opposite of how I've heard many parents who are like, it, it's not that they want him to like stay at home, but they'd like, like him to stay close. They're like, you know, you're not going to the West Coast. You're not, if you're on the East Coast, you're not going too far down South. And, and Abby, so, you know, you, like my family had a, a pen legacy, like my grandfather, my father. And then they're like, my sister's like, no, we're not going there. And for me, I'm like, well, first, no, I want to leave Philly you know, just because I had enough time. And second, there's no way I'm getting in pen. <laughs> and they didn't have any studies that I wanted to do. Uh, but they threatened, they're like, well, we'll get you a car. Because I'm like, yeah, because you want me to live at home and just commute back and forth. But I was like, no, I, but I understand leaving. So Adam, is that something where you feel like that independence, Milo getting away is something that's important to, to have that moment of time to grow up, time to experience life without us around all the time? I think I'm on on team Milton Karen. On <laughs> you this want your one. kids out of the house. I, no, no, it's not even that. I I want him to try it. I want him to experience what that's like. It's not for everybody, and it may not turn out to be for him. In which case, of course, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be devastated when he leaves. It'd be awesome to have him here, but but I think for his sake, I I, I know that. I had a great experience going away to school and being on my own and and I wasn't so far away that you know that that my parents couldn't come get me when I passed out because I had the chicken pox but <laughs> but but I was far enough away that they were not showing up and I wasn't bringing laundry home every weekend and I think I think that's a good thing to try for most uh people this age um and if it if it's not for them, then, then, then you can go with, with plan B, but, but yeah, I, we, we would like Milo to try something. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad my parents forced me to do it. Or, I mean, uh, you know, we didn't really come to that, come to that, but I mean, I think people have a lot of anxiety about doing new things or of course going to college for some kids. They're super psyched. Like I just need to get away from my parents. I want to get out of here. I want to go do this. I can't wait to get to college. But other people, you know, are nervous about it. We've we've talked about this in the past because this is something, Abby, a couple of years back on Forbes, we had an article about what to do as your kid's going away. 
so rather than get into the rather than get too emotional and sad and thinking about that part, let's think about like practical stuff that, you know, being a responsible parent. So one of the things we said initially, HIPAA authorization form. Now, why would this come in handy for a child you're sending away to school? Yeah. So once your kid turns 18, they're officially uh, an adult. And once they're an adult, um, it's considered a, a HIPAA violation for a doctor or a hospital to share information about them with anybody else, even if it's their parents, unless they've fully authorized it. And so, you know, your mileage may vary. Some doctors are, are a little bit more sort of bendable around that, depending on the, the situation. But if, you're, if your kid's going away to college um, or, or just leaving the home and they're 18, um, heck, even if they're living with you and they're 18, you should probably have them fill out a HIPAA authorization form so that if they do end up in the hospital um, for some reason, the doctors can actually communicate with you about everything that's going on with them. Yeah, and people that and the are... forms are easy to get, but they are, from what I can tell, different from state to state by a little bit. And most states, most doctors probably will honor an out-of-state form. But the easiest thing to probably do is if your kid's going away to college to a different state, have them fill out a HIPAA authorization, both for the state they're going to and the state that uh, you live in, so that um, you've, you've just got all the bases covered. You might as well do it while you're doing one. And then sort of related to that, it, you know, it feels a little bit grimmer, but it's you know, if you're doing one, you might as well do the other is you could, you should get your kid to sign a, a healthcare proxy or a healthcare power of attorney form because the HIPAA authorization form only lets the doctors tell you things and share records. But the healthcare proxy or the, the, the healthcare power of attorney form actually lets you as the parent um, technically make health decisions for your child if they're not conscious and able to make them for themselves. And again, usually in most instances, um, you know, a doctor or a hospital will allow the parents to, to make those decisions. But in situations where, you know, where there are, you know, divorces and, and step parents and, and things like that, um, you're probably saving yourself a little bit of heartache if you just get something like this signed and, and have it ready to go. That is on the, that, that was the next thing on the list. And, and another thing for students looking out for this, that might be listening, uh, there's a possibility that you don't want your parents to be involved in your medical decisions. Yes. If you're 18 years old, you might say, you know what? I don't want, I have, a, I have an aunt, an uncle, uh, uh, someone, a grandparent that is much more responsible, that is much more apt to care. I don't want my parent coming in there and messing things up. So to protect yourself, you're going to want to make sure that if they see that on file, that they'll the doctors will say no. Actually, they're healthcare proxy, and it's free. You could fill one out at any point, and it's again, it's not yep. necessarily going to ever be used, but it's good to have just in case. I was just going to say, related to sort of all this medical stuff, while we're at it, you know, another thing that we're making sure of. It's not a form that needs to get filled out, but you know, for the first time, my kid's got to be responsible for his own health care. So now he actually has to carry around a copy of our health insurance card, mm -hmm. right? It's something that he's never really considered yep. before because any conceivable health issue, one of us would 
be there at the doctor or the hospital with him. And that's not necessarily going to be the case. And so he needs to sort of not just have the card, but be aware of like what health insurance actually means and and how it all works so that he doesn't get himself into uh, a really tough situation. That's really, that's a really smart point because you think about it growing up, you have caring parents, they make sure you get your well, they take you to the doctors, they make all those decisions for you. And I remember the first time you get sick when you're at college, it is kind of terrifying because there's no like school nurse. They might have something on campus, but when you actually have to go to a hospital or you freak out because yeah. something that you've never experienced before is now happening and no one's around and that panic sets in, being aware of what to do, maybe, okay, go call first, talk to your parents, but maybe urgent care is more appropriate than sitting for 12 hours in an emergency room for something that yes. might not be a big deal. It might just be a really bad upset stomach. It might be some other issue, but not to panic and run to an emergency room and also knowing what specialists and doctors that you can go to and having your parents help you find that. And in a way it'll help you later in life. So you're not so confused when you first have to go to a doctor or a hospital. Another thing we mentioned one of the things we also mentioned a, a, in, in an article, power of attorney, just just the the financial aspects where if you had to step in and again, help with finances or manage anything like that, that's a possibility. I think it's good. But Abby, this was something you had with a friend. And it's the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act of 1974. Aptly named FERPA. Do you remember talking about FERPA and what that is? And Adam, have you had to deal with this? It's it's almost like HIPAA, but it's for your school records. And so technically, a school doesn't have to give any of your school records to the parents um, unless you've signed like a FERPA release form. And you get that together. But also another thing, and we've talked about this a lot lately with regular organization IDs. I don't know. Do they take their passports with them or do you keep it safe, Adam? Like I would imagine you have to have your driver's license, especially if the kids are going to be driving in school, if they have a driver's license, you know, definitely driver's license. But I don't think I took my social security card or my passport with me. I feel like my parents kept that in our safe or something like that. Yeah. I don't know that social security card is a good one to bring with you to college because you can't really use it as ID anywhere. So it's just sitting around waiting to get lost. That's better, you know, leave it at home with your parents. But, you know, especially if you grew up in New York City, a lot of kids don't have driver's licenses by the time they go away to college. And so to be in a different city without like an official government photo ID feels like like a little bit weird and scary. And so I think we're going to have him bring his passport. I would rather have him lose it and have to deal with that than have him run into a situation where he needs ID for something and doesn't have it. Yeah. And I guess now today people need to bring their Vax cards or have a picture of your Vax card on the phone. Yeah. Um, And then, I don't know, Gene, what other other IDs? I'd say... I'd say for the parents, what Adam said about keeping the social security card, because also remember back in those days, like our social security number was our student number, which is crazy when I think about that, that every time you went anywhere, you had to say it out loud and anyone could hear it. It was right there. I have old ID cards and it's printed the NYU ID card with my right on top, like my, because no one thought, wow, identity theft is going to be a thing in the future. So having the parents do that, I think also, again, parents keeping 
copies of the passport if they're taking a passport, keeping a copy of Social Security, and also making sure you know where their birth certificate is. Most parents probably do, but keeping it there because there could be certain, when you're filling out certain forms, you might need to produce that in some they're like, we need to, we need to prove that you were born in this country. We need to prove that you were born when you said you were. And those types of things, I know when people are dealing with financial aid, they could ask for a lot. And it's always best to say, if your kid calls up, you're like, yep, got it here. And again, getting copies isn't difficult. You could go on, we, we have it on, on Everplans where you just look for, I think Vital Check is like one of the, the sites that provides it. And when I had to get a bunch of copies, because I didn't know where my birth certificate was uh it's like 25 dollars a copy and it's good to have because you never know when you, when you have to go get a passport when you have to if you lose your social security yeah. card if you lose a driver's license you're going to need that and having to scramble for it is a is just stressful yeah i mean we started setting milo up with two things so one for sure is now there's a password manager a family password manager and you know, there's a whole folder of stuff that I had always managed for him um, that he's going to need to make sure that he has access to, um, you know, like even things like my chart um, logins uh, for various uh, doctors and hospital systems that that we may have had to deal with over time. And so we've got we've got a, a pretty good thing going now with a password manager. And, you know, of course, he's going to need the Netflix password while he's away at college. And he's going to need the Hulu password. And so making sure all that stuff is in one place and then setting up an Everplan for the stuff that's not easy to share in a password manager, like copies of all of these IDs, birth certificate, social security card, um, extra copy of the passport, extra, you know, digital copy of the, uh, uh, you know, of, 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 of all that stuff so that he can easily go grab a, a picture of it, but it's not like hanging out in his like Google drive or on, you know, the desktop of his computer where other kids are going to be sort of probably in and out based yeah. on the way I see them use each other's uh, devices. And also new contacts because not so much for you having roommates, a new fam people that yeah. you're dealing with. Cause you can't over the time you've known all Milo's friends and how to get in touch over time. But when you do have a roommate, it's someone that could come in and out of your life for a couple months, or it could be someone that you're friends with for the rest of your life, but getting to know that. So in case of emergency, you're not really scrambling and calling up, like, who would you call at the university? Who You're not going to call up teachers. You're not going to call up. The, it's very confusing because you're like, do I call up their main security office? Do I call their main number? But if there is something that happens, knowing like, okay, who are their neighbors? Who are their roommates? Who are people, once they move maybe out of yeah. student housing, you know, knowing all how their apartments run since you'll be paying for it anyway. And I, <laughs> those I, types of things. I feel like all, if, if there are students who do bring a car to college, because I think there are some kids who go to, who yeah. have to, who go to schools where they have to bring cars. Isn't, or is there anything related to the car that they need to bring to? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be good for the kid to have a copy of the title for the car. Um, so, you know, if something's going on and they get pulled over that it, it doesn't escalate into, a you know, maybe these kids don't belong to this, this car doesn't belong to these kids yeah. type situation, you know, it's good for them to have access to that and to have access to it digitally. So it's, it's with them wherever they are and not locked in some box somewhere. 
Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a bunch of things with the car. I mean, ideally the kid is bringing a car to school is also starting to learn how to take care of a car. And so knowing like when the next service needs to be and where they need to go to do that, um, is probably, you know, a pretty wise idea. Obviously the auto insurance information, um, if they're going to be driving yeah. around, they need to, to, to have that. So, yeah, I think there's a bunch of like add on stuff that, that comes along with a vehicle and registration yeah. to make sure it doesn't expire when they're away, if they're out of state and other yeah. states, yeah. an interesting thing, if someone, let's say you're going to school in New York city, you need plates on front and back of your car. Like other states, sometimes some states do it. I know New York does it. And if they came here, you'd get a ticket every single day that you didn't have that. You get pulled over because you don't have a, a, a plate on the front and back of your car. And that's yeah. something that you learn well, the hard also, way when people also, come to New York. Like, if you have a AAA, if you have AAA or something yeah. like AAA to make sure you have that. Because I remember once being on a on a road trip with my acapella group in college and we we ran out of gas on the road. That's, wow. Is that a Glee? Um, you know, Are you sure this isn't a Glee episode? Happen in college. I mean, college is where real stuff happens. Did guys, you sing so. for gas money? Did you guys sing by the side of the prepared. road? <laughs> I don't think my parents know that story, so I hope they're not listening. Um, but, but yeah, they pushed you out of the house. They were out there. They're like, good. Another experience. That's how Abby learned her survival skills to be so resourceful. Yeah. Well, I have a 10 year old who was like, I don't want to live here anymore. And I said, well, the sooner you get your shoes on and get out the door and go to school, you don't have to be with us anymore. So, I mean, I don't know where I have a feeling she's not going to be like me and she's gonna be like, get me out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm going to school in Hawaii <laughs> and I'm going to study abroad and I'm going to be as far away as possible. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week.